and welcome to the podcast. My parents named me Ross. <laughs> and my parents named me Phil. And this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies. Yay. Hey, buddy, how are you? Uh, <coughs> <laughs> Dying, um, evidently. I'm, um, yeah, ooh, how am I? I'm all right, thanks. It's been very busy, which is good. Busy's so good. How are you? Yeah, no, yeah. Again, busy. It's, it's nice that, like, um, the weather's better. You can go out and do things. You know, cinemas are back open, albeit um, I'm now hitting that awkward stage of films that are being released in the cinema that I've seen. So, like, yes. I'm just like, coil spring, want to go back. Um, although this week, um, In the Heights is released, which I'm super looking forward to. I'm very, very excited about seeing that. And I'm even going to go and see the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, even though the trailer No, no, no idea. it's a Hitman's, Hitman's Bodyguard. No, wait. Doesn't make sense. It's Hitman's bodyguard. bodyguard's so, wife. No, the Hitman's sense, the Hitman's wife's yeah, no, bodyguard. Is, is that what it is? I don't know. Whatever it is, it looks it should, shit. But yeah, I'm it should be. Anyway. It should be, shouldn't it? We, we actually watched Jenny and I watched the first one again yesterday, and it's not as bad as I remember it being. <laughs> it has issues. It has. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. It has issues, uh, but it's it is fun. It is totally too long, and it suffers from shouty Oldman as opposed to Gary Oldman. Uh, uh, there's a bit of the end when he's like, you know, he's on trial at the Hague and they're, <clears throat> you know, berating him. And he kind of basically says, I don't care, I'm Dr. Doom, I'll kill everyone, fuck all of you. And it's like, you're not helping your case. Oh, dear. Um, or, yeah, for Ross, but for Ross, some good step pieces. Well, so I'm assuming that's going to be the older film that you've, re- you've watched. Which no, is interesting. Oh, actually, okay. that's a very good point. Is it though? Hmm, mm, is it? Because the no, older film. No, it isn't. It mm. isn't. Okay. Because the older film I rewatched also has some, it's fair to say, some challenges in the way it deals with things. Uh-huh. We'll get on to that in a second. So, look, yeah. um, today we are going to be talking about. So, we're going to do what we've seen, but we won't talk about A Quiet Place Part Two because we're going to then talk about A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh-huh. And then we're going to keep the subject super light and super kind of cheery and go straight into um, our recommended, not favourite, not best, but our recommended post-apocalypse <laughs> movies. So we're going to keep it nice and bright here. Um, the, 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 sing, the single qualifier on this is they have to, at least part of the film has to be set after said apocalypse. So the apocalypse can happen in the film in whatever way that apocalypse is. And yeah, it doesn't have to that, be. That's, that, that, that affects a few of mine, so yes. Oh. So yes, so the apocalypse has to has to have happened or happened as part of the film. And then there's a bit after the apocalypse. So we're not dealing with the actual apocalypse. We're dealing with what happens after it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so let's catch up with the films that we have seen most recently. So Ross, uh, you go first. Let's start with our most recent watched older film yeah well well said that's good um <clears throat> okay uh, hitman's bodyguard would have been it except for i ended up watching last night and after something completely different the monty python film which oh, is wow. essentially them recreating their sketches i'll get to why i watched it in a second but if anyone doesn't know it's a re- it's like them recreating their best sketches from their tv show and kind of a, there's a few more bits to in to sort of link it all together. But it is essentially a bunch of very, very, very funny scenes. Uh, as I was watching it, I could not help feeling, holy crap, this could never be made today. Every Everyone is offended in it, which is great. Like, it's good, as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
But even just the way you've got the female characters behave, they're basically objects of lust. Like, you would never get away with it today, even though it's really funny. So it, that was kind of interesting. The reason I watched it, though, it wasn't because of that. <laughs> I need to go back to a time where women were treated like sex objects. No, <laughs> the reason I watched it... <laughs> someone take that out of context, please. Um, the reason I watched the film was on Netflix. I don't know if you've been going through the categories recently. If, if I haven't seen this before, fair enough. I've only just discovered this category. 90-minute movies. Oh, what? Really? Ah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Of all types. I have not seen that before. Thank you, Netflix. You yeah. are sincerely brilliant. Well, and on that, we both watched the same night. A cl- And again, this isn't my older film because I've watched something since then. But mm-hmm. we watched Passenger 57. We did. We uh, literally at the same time. I was starting to watch it and you were like, I have to watch this now. And that is like an 82-minute yeah. version is. of perfection. Very much. With the caveat being that it's about as perfect as a movie can actually be. But I'm just going to very quickly, just very, very quickly, while we're doing the old movies, touch on a couple very quickly, just because they say for very reasons. The first one was Four Brothers, which I just, I'd love more (laughs) and more. We are so polar. You need to see it again. Because I remember not liking that film at all. You need to see it again. Trust me on that one. You really do. And then the other one, just on that, like, it's just oh, fucking great. And then on the other one I need to touch on, we could spend about an hour on it, but we won't, is I watched Street Fighter again. Hmm. The movie. <clears throat> um, and there's a reason for this. There's a number of podcasts have suddenly come out around the same time, but all focus on it, like uh, uh, The Action Boys and, and uh, The Canon Canon and things like that. Yeah. Uh, which was The Canon Canon, which is a film of, sorry, the Canon Canon is a podcast about Canon movies. I, I started to listen to it. And do you know what my problem is? It's a yeah. really good podcast, but it's so deep and so long that like, yes. I, I'm kind of like, I can't, it, it's just too much. I find some of their repetitive jokes too much as well. But they do, they, they've got a series of occasional episodes called Could Have Been a Canon. And yeah. Street, which is fair enough. Um, and the Action Boys have done a great job on it. Street Fighter is an interesting film to me because part I would love to. I'm not joking. I would consider doing my own deep dive, interviewing you. I know a few people who worked on it. I'm not kidding. I I there is so much to mine from Street Fighter. But <laughs> even more interestingly, the last time I saw no, I've seen it twice since then. A couple of times ago, like about a year and a half pre lockdown, uh, friend Greg Burridge, uh, excellent yeah. uh, pro wrestler and, and uh, action actor and actor and stuff, you know, lovely guy. Um, we went to see it at the Prince Charles. And I, look, I've probably seen Street Fighter a few times before that, on and off. And my abiding memory is, oh, God. Oh, oh like that. Pretty much, 99%. When we went to see it at the Prince Charles, I had an absolute blast. And I loved almost every second of it for all the wrong reasons. Like, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I now I love it. And, and, and now I think it's 10 out of 10. Because it is, it's not because of the film. Well, partly because of the film. But partly because of all the stories. Oh, at the end of the film, near the end of Street Fighter, there is a scene where there's loads of explosions going off. It's in that chamber where Blank is being made, and Van Damme like leaps out of this. I can't remember. He leaps out of, like this machine or something, and he kind of yells at Chun. I think it's Chun Li. He yells. At, he kind of goes. Um, Go get out of here! I'll catch up with you later. Right, like that. that like that's kind of it. Go get out of here! I'll catch up with you later. 
Okay, fine. Now, according to sources, when they, when they so there's all the explode, like it's all it's a proper expensive tape, right? But boom, 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 boom. Van Damme jumps, does his thing, goes, go get out of here. I'll catch up with you later. Oh, cut, 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 cut. And they cut, they cut. And they, they go, what, what's wrong? That was, what, what's wrong? We got it. He goes, no, no, no. I said, I said, I, I, I'll catch up with you ladder. I, it should be later. I, I said ladder. I, I said ladder. And they were like, no, we, we got it. You definitely nailed it. No, no, we need to go again. We need to go again. And because it was the 90s and Hollywood excess and cocaine and stuff, they, they, they reset the whole scene and did it again. In the meantime, they managed to get playback. And he did indeed say later. He got it right. He actually did it right. He said later. But we're, we're, we're set up now. Let's just do it again. Fine. You can guess what's going to happen. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Explosion, explosion, explosion. Go, get out of here. I'll catch up with you ladder. <laughs> I have to write a book about this film. I have to. I, I mean, I have to. What I'm can learning I say? more and more about it. I'm learning more and more. Van Damme had a $10,000 a week habit for cocaine. $10,000 a I week. I mean, that's, that's... In Thailand. In Thailand. Yeah, How much cocaine is that? That's a lot of cocaine. Um. Anyway, welcome to the Street Fighter <laughs> podcast. Um... <laughs> Interesting. Well, look, I, I enjoyed Passenger 57. It's not the, the most yes. recent old film that I saw. The most recent old film that I saw was on Friday night. We watched uh, we, we watched our next Bond film. We didn't discuss Thunderball because it was between episodes, but we watched Thunderball. I remember it being a lot worse than it was. I found Thunderball to be quite bearable. Um, it's not really, great. Really, because I'm abs- absolutely I find it, I find it almost I find it almost as bad as Quantum of Solace. And, no, um, I, no uh, I actually almost. think Quantum of Solace is underrated, but we'll get to that in about 18 movies time. Um, um, <laughs> however, <laughs> we, we did watch You Only Live Twice. Wow, it really is the I'm Moonraker. It really is the Moonraker of um, of Connery's Bond films, isn't but it? But this is it. You Only Live Twice is the first one. You Only Live Twice and Diamonds Off Forever are two Roger Moore films with Sean Connery in them. Yeah. I mean, but but not even that. It's exactly like, how we play. You only live twice. Is is about eight, about probably about five films out of sequence, because right. it should yes. be a mid tier around the time of Moonraker. Moonraker I film for Bond, yeah. but it's not. And so, so Thunderball, whilst Thunderball isn't great, at least it had a relatively grounded plot and storyline. It was, you know, yeah, but. It- I like to say, never said ever again is so much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but like, so it had at least a, a you know, it was close to being reality. Yeah. This one just fucking just goes, what oh, the fuck? Care. Let's just right throw from the very beginning, right from the very beginning. Yeah, it starts with a spaceship eating up a spaceship, um, yep. with some fantastic sub Blake Seven effects. I, I thought it was horrific. Um, even for the for the time, like you're like, oh wow, yeah, that's pretty bad. Um. But but then then ends up with ninjas in a volcano and you're just like, yep. I and my favorite ninjas bit, in great ninjas in great tracksuits. Yeah, and my favorite <laughs> bit has to be when they, and I'd forgotten about this. And if you wanna if you wanna mark probably earmark the most problematic moment in the history of Bond, it's probably Sean Connery being made Japanese by oh, shaving yeah. his chest and giving oh, him yeah. a wig. Are you aware that in the book he he decides to remain Japanese? <laughs> oh yeah, like he gets amnesia. It's something like weird, like he gets amnesia or something. It's the really books strange. Are quite shit by by all accounts. Oh yes, yeah. 
I, I, th- I think Ian Fleming is probably given a <clears throat> bit more credit than he deserves for Bond. I think, um, uh, I think if that comes down to money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I, I genuinely don't know how to process um, You Only Live Twice, other than the fact it is the most fun of all the Connery films. The, the volcano bit still remains possibly the most iconic <laughs> bad end sequence ever and obviously spoof so brilliantly i mean that whole film is spoof i mean the whole film literally plays so much like an austin powers movie you kind of realize how genius so much yeah well a lot of even doctor like the end of doctor no as well and the end of doctor no with like the scientists in the engine you know the silver outfits and shit and you only live twice a significant amount of the first Austin Powers. And and it's it's just it just shows you how genius that character as a creation was. So anyway, that was that was that. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it is terrible, but I like like genuinely, Connery just could not give less of a fuck um, in that film. But it's it's got some of the best Bond moments ever. But yeah, Connery. Also, I think but, um, you only live twice is the beginning of where it looks like Sean Connery is someone's dad who got into a film. Yes. Yes, he's definitely eight. And considering, like, what I really like, though, is it's the prolific nature. They were making a Bond film a year at this That's point. what it should be. It should be every 18, a year to 18 months. What is this nonsense? The Craig not. I mean, look, pandemic aside, the amount of time he's had. And how many films do we get? Five, is it? I think yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like... It's insane. He, he's it almost had like seven a, or eight. He's had like an, what, a 15-year run and a five and five films. Insane and barring last year, obviously, but it's just insane. There should be seven or eight films. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and I'd, then, like if, I'd like them if they weren't that good, like just like share them out. Get some I mean, fun they, going. like arguably two of them weren't. <laughs> um, most well, recent film that I saw, and I'm not gonna kind of work on this one, talk on this one too much. I watched a film on Netflix called The Devil All the Time, and it bored oh, the living yeah. fucking pants off me, if I'm honest. It was yeah, yeah. dull as fuck. Um, yeah. I mean, it was well made and, and like, you know, the, the cast were great and everyone was giving it their all. But as a film, it was just really boring and I just didn't like it. Um, so there you go. That's my very quick review of The so Devil I have, All the Time. <clears throat> I have a comparison of that on Netflix called Body Brokers. I'm really, really starting to, to despair about Frank Grillo. I'm really, I'm really starting to despair. Body, Body Brokers. Bro- just don't, like, just don't. It, it was no, just don't. I can't. I, I stopped about half an hour in. Wow, is um, that your is that your new film that you've seen? No, because I, I want to talk about an actual film. Go on. Um, so <clears throat> excuse me, we've talked about it before, but I went to see Nobody at the cinema. It yes. is fucking amazing. Everyone should go see Nobody. I'll go and see it again at the cinema because the cinema was fucking amazing. It really like never bored for a second. It spun for it. My friend who I saw it with, she loved it. Like adored it, great, and I and I contend, and I'm going to keep saying it, and it should be on the poster. Nobody is a film that everyone says John Wick is. <laughs> yeah, I was having an argument about this the other just, day. It, it just is. I'm not. I'm not even trying to take a piss out of John Wick. The rave shit about John Wick, fine, whatever. We all know my thoughts. Um, nobody absolutely lives up to it. And a second time round, I mean, I was laughing and giggling and fucking and and he and the thing about nobody is. It does stuff, but in other films, I'd be like, could you just stop it? But because I like it, it doesn't matter. 
with the Wick films, I keep saying just stop it because I'm just not interested and I'm not entertained. Yeah, I mean, you you patch, know that patch, you are in patch, the patch, absolute patch. minority with that. I am, and and I am, and I always caveat it by saying I'm glad there's a successful action franchise, and I've always and I keep saying number three, finally, the fight probably is, is not repetitive and boring. I don't understand if you don't get that. And the cast is fucking great in it, and so is Reeves and the cast. Nothing wrong with the cast at all, actually. But the cast is very enjoyable in, in the third one. The story and script are fucking terrible. But this this film is from the same writer, and it's terrific. Yeah, so, yeah um, you know, and this is why I never want to see a sequel to this film. No, same here. I like. There's a bit of me that wants to see what they do next. And there's a bit of me that wants to see Christopher Lloyd just doing his jollies like that. It's so fucking <laughs> good in that film. It's He's a great so film. Good in it. So. Um, Let's talk yeah, Quiet there, Place there others, but... Part right, 2. Yeah. Because um, I came really late to a Quiet Place and I was like, um, for, what, for whatever reason, I just didn't watch it when it came out. I missed it. I caught it when it finally arrived on Netflix. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is actually really good. I mean, like, I, really good. I, mean, I, will, I will say, and I, you know, I know it's really easy to just say this, you missed a trick not seeing it in the cinema. No, no, I, I absolutely appreciate it. Was, it was a very, if you've seen but the it, second one, and I, I had a, there was a similar vibe. It was very But to watch it does depend on two mm. things. It depends on the cinema and it depends on the audience. And yeah, unfortunately I, I for me, that, for the sequel, the cinema failed because it had the aircon on for most of the film. And the aircon wasn't that quiet. So, in, in an action film, you wouldn't have noticed it. In A Quiet Place Part 2, you did notice it. So Interestingly, interesting when we saw it in the, in the cinema, for some reason, because I prefer a cooler cinema by a, a long shot, for some reason the aircon wasn't, it was stifling in there and it made for an incredible viewing experience. Well, it so, actually so, made it much more tense. I didn't like it, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, this is my but point, actually, right? it kind of It actually kind of enhanced the film. I would have loved to have seen, like, if, if aircon off, heat up, like, make it uncomfortable to watch. So, anyway, so loved The Quiet Place. Thought it was really, really good. Definitely deserving of the hype. Um, yeah. Sequel, you know, the writer and director kind of basically went, yeah, we're done. We don't want to do any more. We're, we're kind of happy with it. Um, so they walk away. And, and you're left with kind of, you know, someone to direct the film and write the film. That, that kind of wasn't part of that initial creative team. And you kind of go, oh, well, this could go seriously tits up. And Ross, what did we think? It's excellent, but it's the same writer and director. I don't know where you've got that. It's absolutely not the same writer and director. Oh, it's not the same writer. It's not the same writer. No, so same director, not writer. Correct. Uh, but Krasinski did do some writing on the first one. But okay, fair, fair. Yeah, but the, basically yeah. the creative force of the first one. Yes, yes. It said, "I'm done. I'm happy." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then walked away. Um, did you? So yeah, did sorry, you know? Right. Are, you, are, you, are you aware that originally the first Quiet Place was going to be part of the um, the Cloverfield uh, universe? It does did not. You hear about that? Surprise and, they held, and they held out. They held out against it, which was a great. I mean, obviously, if it had been part of it, hopefully, it would still be a good film. But I'm really glad they held out because they they wanted it to be like an original IP, which is from the writer. But very good, yeah, good for them because it yeah, could have just been wrapped into and something. Else. So the interesting <laughs> thing is, I find as an actor, I find John Krasinski just like he was okay as Jack Ryan. 
But I haven't watched. I can't bring myself to watch him at all. I did like him in Thirteen Hours. Yeah, which is probably but, where he got the idea to do it. But, like, um, just in general, as an actor, he's one of those guys that I'm just kind of like, meh. He's like that kind of good-looking American actor that you just kind of go, he's in stuff. He's in yeah. stuff. He's in stuff. Um, but he's apparently a much better director um, than he is an actor. Who knew? I don't think he's a bad actor at all. But I don't, I don't think he's terrible. I just, I just think he's just like, there's just nothing for me that stands out about him. But as a director... Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. You know. Terrific. He understands tension very well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, what did you think? I thought it was great. One of my first things, well, not first things. I was really concerned at the very beginning, and I was worried that the whole thing was going to be a prequel. Thank God it wasn't. But I did <laughs> like what they did about I love how you actually learn the family's names at the beginning. Yes. Because in the first movie, you don't have their names at all. Small thing, but it makes a difference. Killian Murphy. Isn't it good to see him back to 28 Days Later territory? Yes. Killian Murphy for real, is for real. great. He's really great in it. I liked... I, I wanted to see a little bit more of it, but I'm, but I'm glad we didn't, is Scoot McNary's little ragtag bunch of terrifying people on the, the pier. Oh, the fuck. Pier. Do you know what? I did not like even Scoot tweet McNary. that was Scoot McNary. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. He, it shows he's fucking amazing with no dialogue, with no nothing. He's, I did. That you know, whole booby trap was incredible. Yeah, was I had. Scary. I had that. You know when you get that little tingling at the back of your head mm-hmm. that goes, "Fuck, I know." I mean, him. I'm like, I mean, I mean, you're like at the time you're also like, "Don't go up to that little girl. What are you doing? Just don't. What are you doing?" By the <laughs> way, you spoilers. So um... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you know, I'm not really. We're not saying what's happening. No, 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 it's no, just no, wouldn't no. do. But it is. It was efficient. It was lean. I loved the final act. I love because there was a bit when they get to where they're going and you kind of go, well, how's this going to happen? I think I have to go back. Do you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. That was really great. Uh, the effects and, are great. And also the monsters how... are still pretty effective, which... Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're kind of like not that interesting to look at the monsters, but because of the no. way that they're... Because of the way that everyone reacts to them, you, you are scared of those, the, the, the creatures because of the way people are behaving, not yeah. because of the creature. How... How genius is it that they basically drop Emily Blunt for the majority of the film and focus on Killian Murphy and, and Millicent Simmons' characters? I think it's very clear. I mean, she's in it enough, which is good. And the son, there's the stuff where the kid is struck, the bit when he gets into the thing, whatever the fuck that thing is, yeah. and you realise the towel isn't where it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's fucking right and really scary. They, like, I, they, they did a really good job. There are so many Chekhov guns, Chekhov's guns in this movie that yes, you could arm a f- fucking country with yeah. them. But there's, it a doesn't... Te- there's a lot of telegraphing, yeah. But it's all done so brilliantly because it pays it off. You, yeah. you know how everything is going to pay off before it happens. Yeah, but it's satisfying. But it's so satisfying. And it, it, it's movie making in that kind of, oh, yeah, but I knew that was going to happen, but I was distracted. I, I, I think it's really brave to take, like, Emily Blunt, Put her in the put her like in a film which is basically you know the first one was her film the kids were in it but it's her film and then yeah. sideline her for a, a big chunk of this film but never make her feel like she's sidelined make it feel like I it, think it's because I think it's because they do enough cross cutting between what's going yeah. on that you never oh, really cross cutting like, but the tension of it I mean let's face it without getting too whatever Krasinski has a legit claim to like the Palmer level like tension building you know what i mean this That's is do you remember level. For real, do you remember we were we were at um 
Basvik and we were studying film and they showed us Battleship Potemkin for yeah. the step sequence of Battleship Potemkin yes. and the Untouchables for cross-cutting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is the new one of that, I think, for how yeah, to cross-cut three narratives together yeah, for just one sequence, you know, from different perspectives, he's cross-cutting, yeah, like you say, three different stories. And he does it twice, at least. Incredibly well. Oh, the one bit, the one bit, no spoilers, but there's a bit at the end, or near the end, where the son has to fire a gun. Yeah. And they very cleverly show you not the actual firing moment. Yes. Because of them showing something else. And it is really, really, really clever. However, I'm assuming, it's because, I'm assuming it's because they don't want to show a child firing a gun. Yeah. However, but they did it incredibly well. Can we now, can, can we just, if that was my son, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm so going to kill you because you're just so dumb. Like, yeah. like the oh, kids, yeah. Yeah. The, both of them, even like, even um, Millicent Simmons as, as, yeah. as Regan, even, yeah. even she is like, makes some fuck, like, this is the apocalypse. And this is, this is one of my big bugbears of apocalypse movies, right? Yeah. Where people go, well, you know, it's the apocalypse. There's no humans left. There's a deadly, deadly, deadly creature out there that is killing all of us. And we need to survive. And then someone goes, no, I'm not going to survive. I'm going to go and try and do something else. And you're like, oh, yes. don't, because you're literally putting your entire family at risk. Yes. And my attitude would be, if you're that thick and that determined to kill yourself, yeah. I'm probably going to let you do it so I can survive. I'm sorry, I know that sounds really harsh. No, but, but I understand that. I think I think the film juggles, I do think the film juggles it well. Just like about. In terms of, because, because I think you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to go, don't do that. Don't do that. Rather than, she's just fucking stupid. Do you know what I'm getting she, at? I, she think I believe stupid. her stuff. That, yes. The, the 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 sun, I'm just like, why would you just not stay down there and just I think do what you've been told to, to do? Do you know what I think it is? This is just me guessing something. When he goes exploring, I think it's because we're supposed to have like a red herring about Killian Murphy, and it looks like he's done something bad. Yeah, I, th I think we could have lost that. It, yeah, I agree with you completely. I think they're just doing it. <laughs> I personally. I think they're doing it because there's like, what else do we do with the kid there? <laughs> like, yeah. Until and, danger. I and sort of get it. I get it. I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible though. No, I, don't, I think it, given the whole film, it's not terrible, but it is but ultimately it was, not, there's no point to it ultimately. No, and it, really. to me, it felt, it felt like the only superfluous moment in what is an incredibly tight film. I agree. It's very lean otherwise. And, and very, you get rid of that, awful. and and, and I, I, yeah, you're right. They're, they're trying to do the Killian Murphy: is he good? Is he bad? Thing. Particularly because the daughter is with him and potentially vulnerable. I, I do, I do get it. It just it doesn't alter unless it led to something actually happening. Yeah, it doesn't really. It's ultimately no point to it. And I and think I think it was, it's not a lot. It's not enough. To, it's not enough to. to no, but I also think it was placed in the wrong place in the wrong position. They placed it effectively, if I remember rightly, when they were kind of at the port and the boat. And I think it would be better placed yeah, when when she was on the train and before he gets to her. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like and then you've got that. Thinking, then you've got that. Thinking, what's he going to do to her if he gets to her? Yeah, and not only that, but then when they are together, <clears throat> you've got that entire time to the to the, like to hanging the boat. Over, yeah, it's hanging, it's hanging over you, sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah is something going to happen? Right. Yeah. And then yeah, they could have explained it with a line. And I think for me, that storytelling would have been would have added even more tension to it. Because yeah. 
because you're just like, fuck, is he take, is he take? And then when when the trap yeah. and everything else is unveiled and Scoot McNary's lock come up, you're like, ah, that's what they're going to yeah. do. And then yeah. you flip it and then you go, oh, actually, no. Oh, okay. And then he says some line about well, it. Well, it could have even like, been, it could have even been, like you say, if it's hanging over from that point, it could have even been to the point of like, is he is he with these people? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah has yeah, he led yeah, her there to trap? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That could have, that could have absolutely been. And that would have, that would have ratcheted that the tension yeah, for that more. entire sequence, which for me lacked tension because you're like, oh, he saved her. Now they're going to do what they're going to do. They found a boat. Oh, he disappeared. Yeah. He comes back. Like, 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 if if they'd done that when he disappeared and she thought he'd taken the hearing aid and everything yes. else, you'd be yes, like, yes, 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 ah, he is a scumbag. And then he comes back and then you're like, oh, is he? And then they get to the boat yeah. and you're like, oh, he is a scumbag. And then and so on. So it would have just. Yeah, okay notched it up like 10 degrees for that entire pit, entire section. However... Yeah, I, I, quite, I, quite, I quite agree. I, I quite agree with you, but I, like I said, I don't think it does. It, it doesn't do itself a disservice. It, it's not terrible. Um, other than that, I thought, yeah, I thought the prequel, the, the, the kind of, um, the prequel stuff was really good. I really like that. I really like kind of yeah. getting that kind of, like, like seeing Killian Murphy a bit earlier in the film, a bit of his family. Yeah, good idea. So you had that kind of a little bit of that kind of you gave a shit right um, yeah yeah I, th- I, th- I genuinely thought it was great and yeah like the use of sound in it it's so good yeah like like you watch like because you watch Cru- oh, so I'll tell you something we've not discussed as well it's really quickly yeah. you watched Cruella as well didn't you yeah I loved it how good Jenny, is that film Jenny liked it a lot her her main film I mean it is too long but I really I, I was never bored no I really liked it <coughs> Jenny's big for which actually asked me to mention this is she feels like the very 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 end scene kind of ruins it a bit because it it therefore it means that Cruella like gives them the puppies that sh- that, that create the hundred one that it doesn't make sense yeah why would I, she it doesn't if you're if if you're connecting it to the other films which I'm, I I think you probably have to um, I don't know I, I, I think I wasn't too I mean, it could be I know it could be its own thing but. If in theory it is the prequel to the other stuff, then in theory, yeah, it doesn't really help it. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I liked it anyway, and I, and I thought she was incredible in it. I thought the, Emma the, sport, like, the, the soundtrack was incredible. Emma Thompson was incredible. I mean, they're all very, very good. Joel Fry, Mark like, Strong, being Mark Strong, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. yeah Mark everything. Strong did feel like he was. Mark Strong felt like he was just making an appearance out of Kingsman or something. He did. He, but he was but really it, good at it. He was really good at it, but you do kind of go... And also, I don't strong, understand... True... And, and like, by the way, he's great at it. doesn't do anything wrong. I, I did wonder if... <laughs> because it, they come up with Deville from the car, right? Which is fine. <laughs> I often thought... But I was thinking through the film, is she the Baroness Deville? Yeah. That would have been more interesting. Sure, you, you find out near the end, Baroness yeah. Deville... Oh, you know, like um, uh, it's these are small things. I really, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Way it's a very punk, got a very punk aesthetic. Before. Oh, I it's amazing, really, right? It's just so yeah, it's such yeah. a rock and roll really kind it. of yeah. Like I really, and the soundtrack was fantastic. Except for oh, what was that song? Oh, the song that drives me out of my mind. There are two songs in films now that I cannot deal with unless it's interesting, and they never are. London Calling, London Calling. If you're going to England or whatever, yes, pisses me off. And also, uh, allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of... The, oh, the, Sympathy the for the Devil, yeah. Yeah, like... I know, see, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm down with that, because any time uh, you put Sympathy no, for the Devil, I like it's it. one of I my like, favourite no, songs. I like, I like the song a lot, 
but it feels like such an automatic, easy. Could they've done a cut? Could they've done a cover? Could they've done a like do do something? I know because Guns N' Roses did a cover for Interview for the Vampire. No, I know. And I mean, I like that version, but it ain't yeah. a patch. No, but you know what um, I mean. You... No, but you know what I mean. I'm just I'm so sick of hearing that song when it's like this is the bad guy now. Again, however, it, do we get? However, I I. Uh, I kind of I, I get the clash one because like the music in, in Corella was so on the nose. Yeah, I mean I love painful. the actual soundtrack. If you I will be able to listen to that album again and again. Oh, no, and again. Trust me, I've I've created a play because the yeah. actual album doesn't have half the songs yes. on. I've created a playlist right, right, of okay. every one of the songs that's in that film. Sure. And it's great. and it's like and it mostly works banging. really mostly like if you compare it to like Suicide Squad, where Suicide Squad, the actual soundtrack is fantastic, but it was so slapped all over the it's just slapped all over the place. <laughs> Whereas Cruella did use the songs, like in context. Yeah, do you know what I'm getting at? So um, there was a reason. <clears throat> there was a reason. Sorry, there was a reason I mentioned Cruella, right? Okay. And it's because, like, if you look at two two films here, you've got A Quiet Place Part Two, which yeah. has some of the best sound design I've ever watched in a movie. Yes, absolutely. Listen to it in a movie, whatever. Uh, and then you've got, on the other hand, you've got Cruella, which has some of the best costume design <laughs> I've yeah, ever seen in a movie. Best- Aesthetically, aesthetically, like yeah. two great films for like the technical filmmakers for the tech crews, right? Yeah, like, yes. the, the, like quite often, like the, the ones that win best costume are things like fucking some period drama, and you go, oh, brilliant! Yeah, they yes. recreated the look of Victorian England with absolutely again, nothing. Again, by the way, by the way, again, 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 again. yeah. Let's give them the Oscar <laughs> or. Or sound design goes to like Star Wars because we kind of yeah. feel like we need to give Star Wars an Oscar, but we can't give it anything yeah. else. So let's just give it sound design. This is actually two films where they they take that and they do something really fucking different with it. And I love but also that. they're well, not just different, those two parts, not that I'm not denigrating other films. The two aspects you've mentioned are absolutely key to the story to the storytelling. Yes. They're not just yeah. technical. No. They are technical. But, but they're technical, but they're, but they're as important they're to the story. They're yeah, they're crucial to the story. As yeah, important to the story as, yeah. um, as the script is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Yes, right. So look, we both loved A Quiet, Pla- a Quiet Place Part 2. We also love Corella. Mm-hmm. Not post-apocalyptic, though, however. Um, so let's dive into our favourite, not our favourite, not our best, not anything else, just our recommended post-apocalyptic movies. I'm- you said this earlier, I got a bit confused because why would you recommend a film if it wasn't the best or favorite? Well, like, <laughs> because, like, I always do our five favorite and then realize that actually it's such a r- r- ridiculous thing to rate five films in a category. So, like, yeah. so it's it's our five recommended, and you can take recommended as films I think you should see, even though I might not love them. You could take it as films yeah. that I think are great examples of this genre, or you could take it as my favorite. Now, don't get me wrong. At least three of these films are three of my favourite films of all time. So, like, in my top probably 25, maybe slightly out. But, you know, so there are some great films in my selection. There's just there's a couple that might not be films that would be in my top 25, but I think they're great examples of the post-apocalyptic genre. Yes. Are we doing honourable mentions? We can do, we can do honourable. Let's do honourable mentions at the end, because I don't want to give anything away. That makes sense, yes. And let's just do ping pong, right? I'll go, you go, I'll go, you go. Say a yep. little bit about the film. Jobs are good. Any particular, any particular order? None at all, Sorry. because there are recommended. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to kick off with a film that I hated. Um, you know I hated this film. 
Um, then I love this film, and now I think it's the best film of that decade. Just <laughs> Mad, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yes, it is one of the best films of the last 10 years. Unfortunately, arguably the best one. It's yeah, one of the best action films of the last 20 years. It's, it's, I reckon if you look at the two best films of the past 20 years, I would have The Dark Knight and Mad Max Fury Road right up there, if not at the top. And I think that says something for the quality of blockbuster filmmaking in the, the like the last two decades. It also says something about the quality of films in general, but we'll talk about that a separate day, right? So I'm gonna kick off with Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I have my, I have, I still have some issues with it, mostly that that I don't think Tom Hardy needed to be in this movie at all. Um, and I don't think it's a Mad Max movie, but you did sell me on this last week when you said, actually, when you look at any of the Mad Max movies, quite often Max is one of the least important things in it. And you're right. Particularly in three, particularly in three. Yeah. Like particularly in, in, in anyway. Yeah, Tina Turner's the best thing in three, so fuck it. She's barely, people forget she's barely in it as well. But she owns like that film, man. She does, she does, but she's barely in it. Like, um, she, she comes she in and just goes, movie. fuck you, this is my movie, you're out. Basically, yeah. Look at me on the poster and check out the song. Yeah. Um, that's fine. So on that note, uh, I will go with Mad Max Road Warrior. Perfect. Yeah, it's in my honourable mentions just because um, I think it's a great, great, great film. But I do actually think it's, I do actually oddly think the Fury Road's better. I never thought I'd say that. What's going on? I mean, well, I mean it's, a, it's only because it's older and therefore a classic without sounding weird. Like Mad Fury Road has a little while still yeah. to, to catch. And that's why, that's why Fury Road's actually in my honourable mentions simply because I'm trying to go with stuff for, I don't know, sometimes age I think helps a bit. Yeah, and I, I, I think they are both brilliant examples of um, of that kind of genre of post-apocalyptic film. People forget that technically the first one is post-apocalyptic. The first it one's is, so yeah. ambiguous. It doesn't, feel like it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it is. Yeah. Um, it's very weird, the first one. And very weird, in fact, that all three films, or all four films, don't really fit together at all. I think we've touched on this before. I always get very... The thing that surprises me about the first Mad Max is I, I'm i not kidding. I, even though I'm saying what I'm about to say, whenever I watch Mad Max, I always feel like the wife dies much earlier and she dies yeah. right in the end. Yeah, totally. Because you think it's a revenge film for that. But actually it happens way in the end. Like all, yeah. almost may, not, may as well not even be part of the, you know, I always think of Mad Max as a film of. I always, if someone asked me to describe Mad Max, I would say that it's it's a group of people trying to live a normal existence after the apocalypse has happened. So yeah, they're almost like the world has gone to shit, but I'm going to hold together my peace. I'm going to enforce these laws yeah. to keep the world together. Anyway, next up, <clears throat> this film has the apocalypse in it, um, and then it goes on to deal with the apocalypse afterwards, and it is. Still, the most harrowing, unpleasant. It's my number one that you that you were about to say. And tell. genuinely, one of the most uncomfortable films that I've ever watched. And I only watched it for the first time about five years ago on the recommendation of Andrew McKay. Um, yeah. And I watched it, and I was just like, I actually have never. I've, I genuinely have never watched a film that's upset me this much. This much. And it's the budget is low. It creaks at the it seams. It's a, it a TV movie. It's a TV movie, but how fucking good is Threads? Yeah, it's <gasps> fucking amazing. It's really weird, but the actors, the stuff, the traffic stuff at the beginning is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. The thing with the uh, the, the, the truck and the, the motorcycle and the fucking... The, the, yeah, it's like, it's like something out of Final Destination. I could not watch this movie again, ever. 
no, because it's very very hard to watch. It has it ruined me as a human being. Like 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 yeah, there's stuff in that. What there's shit in that film you cannot unsee, and you could not make a film that effective <laughs> now with a hundred with a three hundred million pound budget. No, because it'll be CGI and look shit. Yeah. Um, it's so raw. So threads, and I'm guessing threads is on your list. So you know. Yeah. So I'm, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it off my list because you've said it. Go on. Come up with five films together. Uh, so okay. So for me, there's, there's Escape from New York. Ah, that was on my list. Nice. Good call, my friend. Good call. Yeah. I don't know if you have to explain why. It's just because ah, it's Escape from New York. It's just. Brilliant. I watched um I watched They Live a few <laughs> weeks ago. Uh Escape yes. from York's next on my list. And and whilst I get the fact that the sequel is terrible, and I do not disagree with anyone that states it is terrible. I watched it at the cinema and I enjoyed the living mm. fuck out of it because it is so cheesy. Bruce Campbell is yeah. great in it, and it has Kurt Russell surfing down Sunset Boulevard. Hello. And, and also he does Wing Chun at the end against George Corafas, which is hilarious. Like proper Wing Chun. It's very strange. It's a terrible <laughs> movie, but it's a brilliant sequel, just for all those it's reasons. Good. Movie. It is fun. Um, so, okay, so, so yes, you're there. My next one is a film that uh, is set approximately 28 days after the apocalypse. Oh, for God's sake, I've got to take it off my list now. Well. <laughs> I was always going to put this on because this is my second, this is probably one of my favourite British films of all time and it's one of my favourite zombie films of all time and it's one of my favourite... Probably favorite films of all time. It's one of my favourite films of all time. I fucking adore 28 Days Later. I, there Absolutely. is like there is nothing about that film where it puts a foot wrong. And again, low budget, shot on the same cameras that we shot Left for Dead on. You know, uh, it, no. was, it was... Um, and yeah, it was shot pure guerrilla style. And it's one of the things I love about Danny Boyle as a director. Danny Boyle can do sun... Sun... sun uh, fuck, what's he called? Huh? The, the space movie. Sun... Sunshine. 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 Thank you. Terrible. I like sunshine, but he can do yeah. sunshine. He can do like train spotting. He can do Slumdog Millionaire, and then he's doing Twenty Eight Days Later, and you kind of go sunshine. The sunshine was a movie that was like I like the build up, and then it's about a bloke running around stabbing people. Well, I would argue they, they that it shows quite a lot in common they with just... Event Horizon. Yeah, nowhere near as good as Event Horizon. <laughs> uh, for years, I preferred Sunshine to Event Horizon. Um, I know. I know. Anyway, but so like I, I think he is I think he is absolutely one of the most diverse filmmakers out there. Like there's no one else. Even like a Spielberg doesn't kind of shift genres as much as Danny Boyle has. He used to back in the day. He used to back in the day, but you're right, not not in the last 20 years or yeah, not in the last 20 years. But now Danny Boyle was like, oh, I'm going to make a film about Steve Jobs. Okay, great. And now I'm going to make a film about fucking zombies. And you're going like, well, not zombies. But anyway, 28 Days Later is fucking brilliant. Over to you. Uh, okay. <coughs> so something 28 Days Later. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Are you okay? Sorry, just... People love listening to us cough. It's always a favourite piece of feedback. So, 1975 film based on the works of Harlan Ellison called um, A Boy and His Dog, starring Don Johnson. I've not uh, seen this. I was reading about this this morning. You need to see A Boy and His Dog. Uh, He basically has a telepathic dog that he talks with, um, and he kind of wanders the wasteland scavenging for food and sort of sex. It's it's a really fucking weird movie. He ends up sort of finding 
like this sort of commune of people who are trying to live like the old, the original way before the, the event or whatever. And you kind oh, of I've, into, I've not seen into. this. It's really, really good. It's, it's been a long time since I watched it. I saw it on TV many years ago. But it is a very interesting film. And Johnson's really cool in it, considering you don't think of Don Johnson as a young man, like I mean a young man, like he must be like a, like a late teens or something when he wrote it. It's ah. very, it's very interesting. Well, I can guarantee you I don't have that one on my list. Um, but what I do have on my list is Day of the Dead. Romero, fucking obviously. Not that heat so of my, shit remake. What? what he, oh, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, yeah. Oh, phew, okay, fine. Day of the Dead. Because mm-hmm. I would argue that Dawn of the Dead Almost is the, the apocalypse with a touch of the post. But yes. Day of the Dead is pure. World has gone to shit in a handbag, and uh, this is people at their worst. And it is. I mean, it's like, it's very nihilistic film, isn't it? Oh my God. It's it is nihilistic, one upsetting. of the most nihilistic films I think I've ever seen. And also, it's one of the most oppressive films I've ever seen. Like, it, it's just like, you're, from the moment you meet the cast, you're just like, every single one of these people is either psychotic or on the edge, exactly as they would be. You know, well, right. it's got yeah. it's got some of the best effects of all the Romero zombie movies. Um, but yeah. actually, like, the zombie stuff is the least interesting in this. Like, the training of Bub is amazing. But I just love, the, I just love seeing, like, this slice of humanity that have been put together trying to save the world, just literally falling apart. And you kind of go, well, that's that's it. That's our last hope. And if that's our last hope, the, we're fucked. Which is kind of why I was always really annoyed by Land of the Dead, because I think Land of the Dead, whilst it's not terrible, it's not very Land good. of the Dead is like a fun, like a fun action horror. But it's film. not a sequel to the Romero <laughs> trilogy. No, 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 no. That's the problem. Cool. Right, like it was never like, gonna be, was it? It was universal, so it was never gonna be. But like, Day of the Dead doesn't get followed by Land of the Dead in any yeah. story because Day of the Dead is like the world is fucked, yeah. and like like what I'd love to have seen personally, Twilight of the Dead would have been like the post dead. So like like there's virtually no dead left because they've decayed and there's just like a handful of people and it basically becomes the road with a few zombies that are left. Right, yeah. Like where people are literally like, there's like a thousand people left in like in America or what, fucking wherever. And they're literally like, they are, hardly ever see each other. They, you know, when they do, they're more interested in trying to fuck them or eat them. Um, right. And like the, the humans almost become that zombie. That was my pitch for like Twilight of the Dead. Like the dead are no longer the threat, and actually, it's just like humanity is just about to fade out. So yeah. it would have been more nihilistic than Day of the Dead, to be fair. Um, but Day of the Dead is the next on my list. Ross, over to you. I was just going to say one of my honoraries was Dawn of the Dead for remake. Yes, I mean um, we love that film. Just, it's just incredible. Um, Zack Snyder's so, last so, good movie. So, so we have two left. Um, <clears throat> I'll go on the lighter one for now. Dread. <laughs> Please. The Judge Dread. Because, the because, Judge Dread, you know, Dread. Dread, Dread, the Judge Dread, Dread movie. Dread. I watched that about, oh, I watched that a couple of months ago and I forgot. I didn't forget because I always knew it was fucking brilliant, but I forgot just how fucking brilliant that film is. Brilliant. 96 minutes, no origin story. Get on with it. Face mask stays on. 
yes. fly. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's criminal that when you look at some of the films that have got sequels, that yes. that film, which is one of the best sci-fi films of this decade, that decade, easily gets nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's the raid with dread. And you kind of go, well, yeah, yeah that works for me. Um, good, good choice. Love that film. Um, I Because I had to do a late replacement. Um, yeah. And again, fuck me. My films are so nihilistic. This is a different type of apocalypse. This is a nuclear bomb apocalypse. This isn't kind of world ending apocalypse. But this is an apocalypse where women can't have children anymore. Oh, I know the children. This was on my honourable mentions. Children of Men. Yes, very good. I've only seen it once. I've it only is, seen it once it's brilliant. I mean, other than the fact that when they film in Be- when they set half the film in Bexhill, and you're like, hey, five bins of Bexhill, and that's not yeah. Bexhill. Um, it's 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 brilliant, and it's not just brilliant because it's got a one take shot that everyone loves. Um, yeah, it's a shit. I'm, I'm having very interesting conversations with people about this these days. Uh, about one takes and single takes and long takes and stuff. If you want a pure, amazing one take shot, go and watch Goodfellas. It doesn't have anything right. blowing up. It doesn't no. have gunshots and, and effects. But what it has is a perfect, perfect introduction to yes. that life of a to his world. To his, his world. He show, this is the thing that I don't get, right? Now, a lot of people do it with action. That's whatever. I find it intensely boring. And also, I, everyone can fight me on this. There is no long take fights. I can think of one. I can think of one overall where the fighting looks better than if you shot it, you know. Old boy. And the only old boy, old boy wasn't even the one, although you are right, that is very effective. So. But that's effective for a different reason because it's, it's not a, fighting. Scene. It's a well, survival scene. But there is fighting it. There is. I mean, but it's a survival. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it's boy. not like look no, at my fine. martial arts. It's yeah, yeah, I've no, got no, to know. fucking survive and this it looks, shit. And it looks and it looks super uncomfortable. And he has a hammer and it's brutal and it's yeah, fucking exactly. like and every exactly. kind of that is a fucking yes. amazing one because yeah, it has a story purpose. Well, this is what I'm getting to. But the one, the one, you are absolutely right. The old boy fight scene is very, the hammer fight is very, very good. And yeah, consider me corrected. Uh, in terms of Western side of things, um, the, the, the one take fight in the first Creed film, from the moment he steps into the ring till, till the end of that fight, it's all story. Everything yep. is story. It, it, all of the choreo is story. Everything is story. Yeah. 98% of, and like I say, this is mostly applying to action scenes. But a long takes, stand up extraction, stand up the beginning of snake eyes, for God's sake. First of all, they're not one take, it's just lies. So I don't understand this. I don't understand What's the, the insistence. Yeah, so why insist that it's one take when, by the way, no one cares. No one cares. No one in the audience, no one in the audience watching Goodfellas said, they just did that in one take. No one watching extraction. There's about 12 people, right? And I know I'm being a bit. People don't care. The audience do not care how you made the film. No. You can give a shit. So, well done. By the way, well done, you did a long take. I know I'm getting on a bit of a, a thing here. I've just been talking about it in a number of filmmakers recently. Well done, because the technical achievement of doing it is admirable, and nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody. And it's, and it's true. Like, no one. Even the extraction thing, uh, it was about yeah. five minutes into it, and I was like, Whatever oh, is this all Even being... the beginning of... 
the beginning of Bond as well, the, 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 the fucking um, oh, Spectre thing. Spectre, wow. But, but it wasn't one take and it doesn't It wasn't because Bond broke his foot and he couldn't right. walk. And it, and it doesn't matter. No. That's what I'm getting at. Why is this this weird insistence? They did it all in one. It doesn't matter. If you put a cut into that scene in Goodfellas, it fundamentally right. changes it. It does. Because what Scorsese is doing. It does. It's story. Yeah. What shows, Scorsese... She's being swept. Yes. Well, this is it. She's being taken into this world of what it's right. like to be a, a mobster's wife or girlfriend. Right. It's like the everyone the, knows the you. The they t- clear tables for you. Skip the way the t- exactly. The way the table comes together for them. Yeah. You go, you, you go into the back yeah. of the room. You, you're yeah. like, everyone what? knows you. Everyone from the bus boy to the fucking head chef, like, hey, how are you? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Hey, Paulie, how are you? you Like, they come down and like, and they go through and they're right to the front, not just at the back, to the front. The table appears. They sit down. Drinks are put on the table. Yes. Boom. Welcome to my world. While the singing is going on and all of that stuff, it's huge. And also, by the way. When you watched that, when you first watched that, did you go, wow, they did that in one take? Or did you go, that's fucking amazing? Did I fuck? I thought, what I thought was, what I thought was, oh my God, how amazing, uh, how overwhelming is this as a sensation of of that journey? I only only assess about that one take because I've I've read so much about it. Of course, absolutely. And it's an achievement to do it. But that's it. No one cares. No. If anyone goes, I'm going to go watch this movie because it's one time. Why? What is wrong with you? Just watch the movie. Do you like the movie? Did you enjoy the film? <laughs> I, I really, 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 but it, it, I shouldn't care. No, no, but you're completely right. Um, honourable so mentions. Um, I'll go with mine quickly. Yes. Uh, the yeah, Matrix. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. Uh, it's a great post-apocalyptic yeah. movie. Wally. Wally. Oh, yes, wonderful. wonderful. Great post-apocalyptic movie. The Road. Mm-hmm is never seen it a really hard film to watch and it's yeah. not a great i don't think it's a great film but if you want a film of life going to hell after an apocalypse guess yeah. what um and and a film that you probably will fight me on to be fair um because don't, don't get me wrong there are absolutely better films than the one i'm about to say but i i kind of really enjoy rain of fire i didn't know i wouldn't fight you on that it's, it's... Rain of Fire, right? I'm not going to call it a good film, but it's a fun movie. Like it's heli- it was pitched as Helicopters versus Dragons. So yeah, yeah. I'm not nothing against that. It's, 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 it's what it is. It is what it, it really is. Uh, your honourable mentions. We didn't say. I don't think my last actual five one. Oh, did we not? No, I'm sorry. Go 12, on. What's your last actual 12, five? Twelve monkeys. Monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great film. So great film. and that is. So, so, after yeah, the apocalypse and during the apocalypse. So my honourable mentions. There's, there's I watched that again recently, by the way. Twelve Monkeys. So really, I do need to watch. It's been a long time. It's so. Uh, it's so go on, sorry. Go on, Karen. Okay, so most obviously, and sort of can't believe it hasn't been mentioned yet. Terminator. Yes. So I. So the I. So one. so. Is Terminator a post-apocalyptic film? No. Absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Well, yeah, of course it is. In the future of it is in the apocalypse. Yeah, but, and here's the thing, right? Who do you, you follow Sarah Connor in that film. It's yeah. Sarah Connor's film. Therefore, it's yeah. about someone coming back from the future to the current before the apocalypse has happened. I would argue that Terminator 2... But we do see, but we do film. see, but you're part of your 
Terminator 2 was you have to have seen, seen it. Yes, I would argue that Terminator 2 is the better of a film to talk about post-apocalyptic because you're really following Arnie's character in that film and he has come back from the apocalypse to save. I think you're, to quote Lethal Weapon, I think you're thin there. <laughs> Pretty fucking thin. Pretty fucking thin. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but all right. But yeah, you quote me, Shane Black. I'll be right back at you, baby. Uh, but yeah, so I'll give you time. That's good. Good film. Yeah, uh, and, and well, I'd say it's an honourable mention. Uh, and then two others, uh, Zombieland. Yep. Yeah. Good. Uh, because of the rules more than anything, and also as a personal favourite, and I'm, I'm just picking one of them because it's the one where it really does start to go to shit. Is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Because like, it's just the one where it all really starts to be like, oh, fuck, humanity's in trouble. Um, interestingly, I, I never understand the order of those films. <laughs> Rise, well, Dawn, yes, fine. Sunset, whatever the fuck it is. I'm no, just like... War, it was just war. <laughs> war. Yeah, oh, right, war. yeah, let's not get me started on that because War of the Planet Apes, uh, Planet of the Apes literally doesn't have a War of the Planet of the Apes in it. It has a war of the 5,000 apes that are actually there. Right, fucking man. bugs me that they could have done so Most much movies. more for that film. Most movies are fucking great. I need to rewatch them. Like, I, I didn't like the first one the first time I saw it. The second time I really liked it. Oh my God. First one's fantastic. Oh my God. The second one. And I liked. short as well. Short as well. Yeah, it first is. Short. The second one I did like. The oh. third one, I think, shat the bed on not having an actual war of the planet of the apes. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I have to disagree. I think it's a fantastic film. Just, yeah, it can be a fantastic film. I wouldn't get hung up on the title. Of it, but no, but, but, but the title is selling what the story is about. And it's not a war for the planet of the apes because A, there is no planet oh. of the apes. And B, there is no war. So it's more of a, a slight well, I mean, skirmish I mean, I mean, of the dude, island we, of the we apes. Are, we are descended from apes. So sort of yeah, but I, I think it's more like the slight skirmish of the island of the apes. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's true. Or the slight skirmish of the postcode of the apes. Yeah, it's a great film. But uh, yeah, I just wanted more war. Ross, where can our wonderful listeners find out more about you? Oh, uh, all the social things. I'm at Ross Boyas. Please also follow at Evo Films UK for Evolutionary Films. There are films coming out and we will get onto those as more come out. Uh, and then at Vengeance Film UK uh, to follow the antics and shenanigans of the Vengeance Film franchise that I'm writing direct from. The third, uh, screen, the screenplay for the third film has just gone off to certain people to look at. Um, wow, cool. Uh, yes. uh, let's see. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there you go. Stuff. Marvellous. And uh, www.philsquickreview.co.uk uh, and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Phil Quick Review. You can follow Ross and Phil Talk Movies on Facebook. The book of the Zuckerberg. 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 Yes, we got to Zuckerberg. Um, yes. And we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about, guess what? More motherfucking movies. Because that's what we do. Podcast that. <laughs> more motherfucking movies. Season two. More motherfucking movies. I've had it with these motherfucking movies in this motherfucking pandemic. That's it. Yep, okay. absolutely. We did a whole episode today about movies that you should definitely not be watching at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Um, we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.